Grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Turn our attention again to Acts chapter 9 and read some selected verses from that reading. As he, Saul, went on his way and was approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He asked, Who are you, Lord? He replied, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you need to do. The men traveling with him stood there speechless. They heard the voice, but did not see anyone. They raised Saul up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could not see anything. They took him by the hand and led him into Damascus. For three days he could not see, and he did not eat or drink. Ananias left and entered the house. Laying his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, whom you saw on your way here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell from his eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. After taking some food, he regained his strength. We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Saul thought he could see. In fact, see more clearly than anyone else. He thought he could see clearly that Jesus was a fraud, a false messiah. And he thought he could see clearly from the Old Testament what had to be done about that. Those who believed false teaching had to be called to account, called to repentance, and if they refused to repent, they would be set out of the church, considered no longer people of God. And those who were promoting the false teaching, they had to be silenced, even if it meant by execution. He thought he could see clearly the danger that those who promote false teaching, that false teaching itself is the most dangerous thing at all because it can cost people their eternal life. So there he was, watching the coats of those who were picking up stones and throwing them at Stephen, approving of what they were doing, convinced that they were doing God's will. Stoning of Stephen seems to have spurred something on in Saul and, and moved him to kind of take the lead. He was going to be the one who was going to rid the whole earth of anyone who believed that Jesus was the Messiah. Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and asked for letters to the synagogue of Damascus so that if he found anyone, men or women, belonging to the way, he might bring them to Jerusalem as prisoners. Saul thought he could see clearly. He thought he was seeing things the right way, that he was doing what God wanted him to do. But, of course, just the opposite was true. He was really blind in the darkness, opposing the will of God. What a frightful situation that was for those people, those believers in Damascus who had heard that Saul was coming and knew what he had planned for them. What a frightful thing for Saul 
who thought that by what he was doing, he was earning favor with God when the opposite was actually true. He was earning condemnation from God. Thankfully, God in his grace intervened, intervened in the life of Saul for his benefit, intervened in the lives of those believers in Damascus to rescue them from persecution. You know what happened. As he was approaching Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He asked, who are you, Lord? He replied, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. The glory of the Lord flashed around him. Saul understood that. He knew his Old Testament well. He knew other times when the glory of the Lord had appeared to someone. He knew about the burning bush, the lightning, fire on Mount Sinai, the cloud, pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night, the reflected glory of God in the face of Moses. He, he knew what was happening. He knew he was in the presence of the holy God, and he fell to the ground. Then God spoke. He called him by name. Must not miss that. God knows everybody's name, everybody on the face of the earth, not just believers, but even unbelievers, even those who are persecuting, he knows us all by name. He said, Saul, Saul, just as he said, Simon, Simon, Martha, Martha, and Jerusalem, Jerusalem, something it seems he often did when he was wanting to present a, a loving call to repentance. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And in blindness, Paul asked what should have been an obvious question, who are you? And the answer was devastating. I am Jesus. I'm the one you claim is a false teacher. I'm the one you claim is still dead. Disciples took your body and hid it somewhere, but you're dead. But here I am, standing right in front of you. I'm risen, I'm alive, just like my followers are teaching. You're the one who's the false teacher, not them. I'm not dead, but alive. You aren't serving God, you're opposing God. In fact, by persecuting those who believe in me and teach about me, you're persecuting me. I don't know that any of us have been in that much of a similar situation to the Apostle Paul, but try and put yourself in his shoes and experience what he must have been experiencing. All of a sudden, everything that he thought was true, he now saw was false. And everything he thought was false, he now saw to be true. Not only that, but imagine thinking, I was there. I approved of those guys who were throwing stones at Stephen. They killed him. He died for nothing. He was telling the truth. How many people have I hurt? 
How many people have lost their homes, lost their livelihood, lost their reputation, lost their freedom because of my blindness? You must have been at the brink of despair. In addition to that inner turmoil that he was experiencing, when the light disappeared and the voice stopped speaking and he thought he was safe now to open his eyes, he was blind, physically blind, couldn't see a thing. Those who were with him had to lead him by the hand that final leg of the journey into Damascus. The Bible never tells us exactly why God caused him to be physically blind. But we can imagine that it was a way that God was reminding him that when you think you can see by your own strength, by your own wisdom, you're really blind. There are many in our world today who are like Saul. They think they can see clearly. They think they can see better than anyone else that Christianity is just foolishness. In fact, it's a bane on society because it's holding human beings back. They think they can see clearly that the biggest problems the world faces are climate change and gender issues. But they're blind to the fact that the biggest issue the world has always faced is something the Bible calls sin. Paul writes to the Romans, Although they claim to be wise, they have become fools. And since they did not consider it worthwhile to hold on to the true knowledge of God, God handed them over to a corrupted mind to do things that should never be done. And the things in the list of what should never be done, things that you see and hear around you every day in our world today. Take some time today or later this week. Read Romans chapter 1. Let's not forget, though, that we too... We're like Saul. All of us were born into this world spiritually blind. By nature, we think we know better than God. We think we can see, but we're actually blind. By nature, we reject the most important truths that exist. Original sin. Virgin birth. The atonement by the blood of Jesus. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Those beautiful truths of Scripture, by nature, we consider them to be foolish. We think we know better. It's only by a miracle of God, equivalent to the miracle that God performed when he appeared to Saul on the road to Damascus, that we have sight. That we have been brought out of the darkness of sin and unbelief into the light of faith. God has caused his light to shine into our hearts. Saul was led to Damascus, and he was in the dark. Physically blind, but also in the darkness of despair and guilt. Is he a time to think about how he was just opposite of what he needed to be? Is he a time to think about his sins, and what he deserved because of those sins. In God's grace, though, he still blessed him in the midst of his darkness. 
gave him a vision, a vision that showed a man coming to him and healing him, restoring his physical sight. And he was even told the name of that man. His name would be Ananias. And then that man named Ananias showed up at his door, came in, put his hands on him, and healed him. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, whom you saw on your way here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. What's your attitude toward those people who are like Saul, who are wise in their own eyes, who think they can see everything more clearly than you and think that they can see that you know, your Christianity is foolishness. In fact, Christianity is a danger to society. I'm sure you are tempted to be a lot like Ananias was at first. Saul? You mean that guy that's persecuting the church? You mean that guy that has authority from the high priest to arrest people like me? I don't want anything to do with him. That's often our reaction, right? To people who are wise in their own eyes, who look at us as an enemy. We don't want anything to do with them. We see them as something that's dangerous. But God made it clear to Ananias that he should go. Go to Saul, find him. When he did, he said, Brother Saul. He gave him what he needed. Not just physical sight, but something he needed much more than that. He gave him the assurance of God's love. The assurance that his sins were forgiven through the gift of baptism. Be watching for your Ananias moment. Watch for those times in your life where you might come across someone in whom God has worked as he did in the heart of Saul. Someone who he has brought to recognize I was completely wrong. I thought I could see but I was blind. Watch for that opportunity to assure them that Jesus is real, that Jesus lived and died for them, and because he rose again, all of the sins that they committed in their blindness, those sins have all been washed away. They've been forgiven. Tell them that they can have the assurance of God's love and of his forgiveness through the sacrament of baptism. Saul was blind, but now he could see. He was physically blind for three days. And then God sent him Ananias to give him his physical sight. He was spiritually blind, blind to the fact that Jesus was the promised Messiah, his Savior from sin. But now he had been saved. He had seen the resurrected Lord. He was brought from the darkness of unbelief to the light of faith. I'm sure especially during those three days when he was physically blind, he was going through in his mind all of those Old Testament prophecies that he had memorized and putting the dots together. Seeing how the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus, those were perfectly fulfilling all the prophecies of Scripture. And then, like those men on the road to Emmaus, his heart was burning within. He was filled with all kinds of emotions. 
thankfulness, joy, excitement. Things that moved him to proclaim the praises of the one who had called him out of darkness into the light of faith. That moved him to want to be as zealous, even more zealous, for serving God in the right way. For proclaiming the word and the truth than he had been opposing it. Conversion of Saul shows us how sight is victorious over blindness. It's only through a miracle of God. It's a miracle that we all need because we're all born into this world blind and enemies of God. It's a miracle that God works through his word, confirms in us through the sacrament of baptism. God has performed that miracle in you. He has brought you from blindness of unbelief to the sight of faith. As you meditate on the victory that he has given you, be ready to be like Saul, to declare the praises of the one who has called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Be ready to share the sight-giving power of the gospel with all those around you who are still blind. Amen. And the peace of God that passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand as we confess our faith.